Hi, and welcome to Figure of Speech, a new program from WRBH, where every week you can meet local poets and fiction writers from the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. This episode, we are happy to welcome on Nigerian poet, playwright, essayist, and scholar Dr. Nigi Oshindari. He is currently Distinguished Professor of English at the University of New Orleans and has won numerous awards for his poetry, including the Nigerian Authors Poetry Prize, the British Commonwealth Poetry Prize, and in 2014, he was admitted to the Nigerian National Order of Merit, which is Nigeria's highest recognition for distinguished creative and intellectual achievement. My first poem is about the word. Without the word, where would the poet be? Where would the writer be? Invocations of the word. In the beginning was not the word. In the word was the beginning. Unwind the wind. Give rapid legs to the crouching leaf. The horse of words has galloped through clouds, through thunder, through roaring waters. Throw open the door of your ears. The word, the word is an egg from the nest of hawk and dove. Its shell, the sheath of anger's sword. Its yoke, compost bed of bile and bone. The word, the word is the woodpecker's beak, which rattles the jungle of silence. The cat's eye, which pierces the garment of night. The word, the word is the fearless symmetry of zebra heights. The fiery hoof fall of eloquent horses. The word, the word is the armpit of stone. The groin of nodding marble. I see the word plumbing distant clouds for echoes, 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 echoes of golden idioms. I see the word shaving mountain heads with razors of reason. I see the word on the lips of the gun, animally red. I see the word in parliaments of contending tongues. I see the word with ears of joy. Stocks of swaying rapture. I see the word in the dream of a dream, in the dream of a dream, in the dream of a dream, in the cloud which gathers the rain, in the rain which unchains the earth. Ah, Abu Butan, a Yaukun, Abu Butan, a Yausa, Adon Nileno, Madon Nilon, Arabacum, Bicum, Bicum, Arabacum, Bicum, Bicum. The word, the word is the ashes of twilight, the rainbow of vagrant skies. The word, the word is rocks and roots, sand and stone, rust and dust, love and lust. The word is the peeping window of heady tales, the vital valley of maiden hills. Arabacombe, combe, combe. 
The word is rain. The word is dust. The word is rain and dust. The word is black. The word is white. The word is black and white. The word is life. The word is death. The word is life and death. Give bony thoughts the flesh of airy idioms. Let rounded laughters unknot the brow of wrinkled moments. Scatter the word in the valley of the moon. Let harvest songs rip the plenitude of waiting proverbs. In the beginning was not the word. In the word was the beginning. And now this one from my latest book, whose title is If Only the Road Could Talk. Poetic Peregrinations in Africa, Asia, and Europe. I'm going to read the title poem. If Only the Road Could Talk. Onala yeo, onala. Onala kaliri bilo. Onala yeo, onala. Onala kaliri bilo. If only the road could talk, it would probe every grain in the destiny of the dust and pronounce prostrate particles into proverbs and runny banters. If only the road could talk, it would tap quietly into the dialogue of the soul and tame the trampling fury of heedless hills. If only the road could talk, it would mock the river's ageless envy and the iron idiom of the bridge which sutures the sinews of its broken limbs. Were the road able to talk, it will wail, though fecklessly, at speed's murderous insanity, and the rivulets of blood which redden the path to sudden twilights. Were the road able to talk, it will spell every syllable of my fugitive fancies, its tongue taut with restless tales of my goings and endless comings. If only the road could talk, it would shout full-throated its covenant with the sky and the feathery amplitude of the bird with migrant colors. If only the road could talk, it will couple parallel dreams in curious places, then pronounce destiny into destination.
Next poem is titled I Envy the Days and is coming from uh, my book with the title Days. These poems, the poems in this book are written and composed uh, from the Yoruba belief that every day is a character and that days are the children of the weak. And there are, there are things days do which we human beings could copy. I envy the days. I envy the days for the civility of their order. I have never heard Monday speak ill of Saturday. Have never heard Thursday grudge Wednesday for its urn of ashes. Sunday never blames Saturday for the wildness of its ways. Nor does Friday ever ridicule Tuesday for being in the middle of nowhere. Each day has its own range, knows its limits. No day has ever planted its flag in its neighbor's garden. No day has ever tried to extend its hours. No day ever hassles the world with the myth of a jealous God. This earth, our earth. There is a poem here uh, going to read. Uh, it was written in mid 1980s when um, people were very anxious about the state of our earth, about the weather, and about the way he, we human beings exploit nature. I did a couple of poems, which later became a book, titled The Eye of the Earth. The Eye of the Earth is really a direct translation of the Yoruba uh, saying, Ujuile. What we're saying here is, let us treat nature, let us treat the earth and the sky and the rivers and the lakes and the roads and the mountains with respect, because our future as human beings depends on them. And also the belief that if we violate nature, nature may end up violating us. The wild winds and terrible destructions we've been having, especially in the past three weeks, will be some kind of attestation to that. This poem is titled, Our Earth Will Not Die. Lynched the lakes, slaughtered the seas, mauled the mountains, but our earth will not die. Here, there, everywhere, a lake is killed by the arsenic urine from the bladder of profit factories. 
a poisoned stream staggers down the hills, coughing chaos in the sickly sea. The wailing whale, belly up like a frying fish, crests the chilling swan song of parting waters. But our earth will not die. Who lynched the lakes? Who? Who slaughtered the seas? Who? Whoever mauled the mountains? Whoever? Our earth will not die. And the rain. The rain falls acid on balding forests, their branches amputated by the septic daggers of tainted clouds. Weeping willows drip mercury tears in the eye of sobbing terrains. A nuclear sun rises like a funeral ball, reducing man and meadow to dust and dirt. But our earth will not die. Fishes have died in the waters. Fishes. Birds have died in the trees. Birds. Rabbits have died in their burrows. Rabbits. But our earth will not die. Our earth we see again, eyes washed by a new rain. The western sun will rise again, resplendent like a new coin. The wind unwound will play its tune, trees twittering, grasses dancing. Hillsides will rock with blooming harvests, their plains batting their eyes of grass and grace. The sea will drink its heart's content when a jubilant thunder fl- when a jubilant thunder flings open the sky gate and a new rain tumbles down in drums of joy. Our earth we see again. This earth. Our Love of nature, love of fellow human beings, too. Most of my poems are socially engaged. And so um, I've ended up being called the political poet. As I often say, that is a, a crown I wear with pride because there is so much about our world to talk about. And I'm the kind of artist who cannot turn my eye away when I see evil or when I see a destructive circumstance. Uh, but I do write love poems. Many people don't know about this. But um, let me read one of them. This is from Tender Moments, book of poetry by me, published a couple of years ago. It was my first book after surviving Katrina. Oh, Lolufe, Famimora, Shauru. Oh, Lolufe, oh, Famimora, Shauru. To Baja, to Wuni Mafue, Sha. To Baja, to Lani Mafue. To Baja, to Mau, Kabe, Uluau, Shauru. 
Tender moment. And you smile, your big-cheeked smile, your eyes breaking out of your face like the sun through the mist of a young and ancient dawn. Your lips play around, your, around the base of your teeth. A laughter erupts, fresh, as the frothy song of the mountain stream. Finding rippling echoes in the hard, soft depth of unseen things. And the fable of inchoate showers, which tease the thighs of sprawling fancies. Your eyes memorize the hours, stretch dry moments into succulent eternities, then run them deep like the Zambezi of our rooted longings. You are the fragrance which lends a name to vanished gardens, the door which homes the chronicle of the house. And so you said, <laughs> Let us go behind the walls, and I will show you the birthmark below my navel. <laughs> uh, it is not possible to live in New Orleans and not be uh, uh, infected with uh, the love. It's the city's love of music. New Orleans is music uh, in, it, in itself. A couple of years ago, I think that was the year after Katrina, I was teaching African-American literature at the University of New Orleans, and uh, we came across one of the blues poems by the Doyen himself, Langston Hughes. So as that poem was being read by one of my students, I just had the feeling I had heard it before, many, many, many years ago and under another sky. Somehow, I, did, I began my research, and I discovered that, yes, there is a structure, a blue structure. Uh, there are poems with a kind of blue structure over there in Yoruba land, where I come from. So uh, since that time, I have been experimenting with all kinds of blues. This one, uh, Random Blues, and uh, it's number 49. I, I published the Random Blues in the newspaper, you know, I do this every Sunday. Um, Random Blues, number 49. I wrestled too long with the beer. I became a beer. Yes, wrestled too long with the beer, and I became a beer. Hairy grunts, berry hogs, all in a wild and wondrous year. I argue too long with a wit, and I became a sage. Say, argued too long with a wit, I became a sage, probing the secret leaning of words, tracing patterns on the checkered page. I stayed too long in the fireplace, I became a bowl of ashes. Say, stayed too long in the fireplace, I became a bowl of ashes, gray, loose-limped, in hungry seasons. I see fat dreams in flares and flashes. I slept too long. 
I became a dream. Yes, slept too long, I became a dream. Puzzling visions besieged my day like shoals in a wandering stream. I strayed too far into the night. I became a ghost. Say, stay, strayed too far into the night. I became a ghost. Phantom musings embraced my fancy. No shrill shadow beyond my booth. I lingered too long in power. I became a monster. Yes, lingered too long in power. I became a monster. Petrified vision, crimson claws, wild, wanton, a common gangster. I ate too much beef. I became a cow. Hey, ate too much beef. I became a cow. With hefty horns and verbless moo. Just don't ask for the why and how. Cruising towards the end now. 2005, about 12 years ago, August 29, Katrina came and met my wife and me at home in our house close to the UNO. That's the film by St. Anthony. We thought we could weather the storm. We couldn't. And the levee broke and water started pouring in. We had almost nine feet of water in our house and it was our attic that saved our lives. This is an unforgettable experience. Uh, but somehow we survived. And um, for about four months, we were all over the United States, from one place to another, until we landed at uh, Franklin Pierce University in New Hampshire. Everywhere we went, we were showered with the hospitality of the people of this country. Um, very memorable. And this takes me back to a famous Yoruba saying in Yelashe Omi, people are my clothes. When we didn't have anything at all, people gave us clothes. People gave us things we needed. And um, the unity, essential unity of the human experience and human empathy came to us. People are my clothes. In Yelashe Omi, People are my clothes. People are my clothes. When I look right, when I look left, when I look back and see my folk, my hands, my head swells like a jubilant mountain. My heart leaps in infinite joy. People are my clothes. My raiment dwells the loom of timmy folds. I'm the alligator of pepper seed with siblings too many for the numbering eye. I am a seminar drop in the bowl of the sea, a thread in the loom of the sky. 
people are my clothes. My raiment dwells the loom of Timmy Folds. Let people be my robe as the savannah grass secures the deer. Let people be my robe as the plumage surrounds the bird. Not for me the porcupine which peeps at the world from a bunker of thorns. Not for me the tortoise whose carapace sharpens a sword around its neck. People are my clothes. My raiment dwells the loom of Timmy Folds. One muscle can never make a feast. One finger can never retrieve a falling needle. One leg can never win a race. One broomstick cannot sweep the marketplace. Alone, hyena, we come to grief in a flock of resolute sheep. Alone, tree cannot stand the fury of the desert storm. The masquerade who strays too far from its followers soon loses its mask in a rude, unholy lane. With many steps, the foot we tame the tyranny of the road. With all the fingers, the hand will grab the mightiest machete. From that ma machete, let twilight come to the tree of pain. People are my clothes. My raiment dwells the loom of Timmy Folds. People are my clothes. People are my clothes. When I look right, when I look left, when I look back and see my folk, my heart leaps with infinite joy. People are my clothes. I will never fear the rage of chilling storms. And then finally, two short ones from my book City Without People, the Katrina poems. As I said earlier on, Katrina nearly took uh, the lives of uh, my wife and, and me uh, in our house. Somehow we survived by hanging on to the, uh, to the ceiling in the attic. It was a teachable moment. Uh, so, losses. My half-formed song my favorite book. A new pair of shoes received on Father's Day. An African attire embroidered in timeless silk. A papyrus scroll from my last Egyptian journey. A handmade copy of my book in Czech. My daughter's diploma, my wife's resume. A rare, rare photo of my father in his youth. Tips of a chat with my aging mother, a faithful fridge, my talking box, my long-owned bag and their intimate secrets, my priceless painting and my music pack, my brainy computer and its wondrous ways, a long-kept letter from a childhood friend, a brand-new sofa that indulged my snooze, 
a space-age mattress for my grouching bag. My long-haired illusion about caring governments. My trust in levies made of dirt. My boundless laughter. My careless keepers. The last poem is going to be first. And it's going to be for our city, New Orleans. Uh, this is not a poem I wrote. This is a poem New Orleans wrote for me. The title is New Orleans is People. New Orleans is humanity, music, desire. New Orleans is agriculture, piety, and abundance. New Orleans is art, felicity, and fidelity. New Orleans is Treme, Bourbon, and Congo Square. New Orleans is Wilder, Warrington, and Wakefield. New Orleans is Pelican, Heron, and Flamingo. New Orleans is Charity, Gentilly, and Saratoga. New Orleans is Black Street, White Street, and Gray Boulevard. New Orleans is Gumbo, Jambalaya, Red beans and rice. New Orleans is juice, jive, and jolly jazz. New Orleans is river, lake, and ocean. New Orleans is sound, saints, and sinners. New Orleans is love, tears, and laughter. New Orleans is people. Thank you. That was poet and distinguished professor of English at the University of New Orleans, Dr. Nii Oshindari. You've been listening to Figure of Speech on WRBH, a new community poetry and writing program. Tune in on Saturdays at 3 p.m. and every Monday at 9 p.m. for more great New Orleans writing. Thanks for listening.